0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by Mystery Ranch, built for the mission. And if you haven't been rocking a Mystery Ranch Fireline pack for the last couple of years of your career, well, you're doing it wrong. Hate to inform you, but yeah, your back probably hates you. Probably got like herniated disc or something like that. But they make the best built, the most comfortable, and the toughest damn Fireline packs in the game, and a ton of other stuff. Like, I'm actually looking at the mystery ranch three-way briefcase and this sweet ass assault 21 day pack. And it's awesome. They're uh, both in wildfire black and check this out. The reason why I'm bringing these two up is because a portion of the proceeds goes back directly to you folks in the field that are going above and beyond. Ooh, how is this? Well, Portion of those proceeds are funding the Mystery Ranch Backbone Series scholarship, and it's freaking awesome. So if you haven't gone and checked out the uh, Backbone Series yet, well, go over to www.mysteryranch.com and check out all they have to offer. Uh, they're building like a, a, another archive of uh, stories from peers in the field about wildland fire, and it's pretty freaking epic. And you have a chance to win one of these thousand dollar. Mystery Ranch Backbone Series Scholarships it's freaking awesome. So, if you got a compelling story and you want to share your story with the world and uh yeah, go over to www.mysteryranch.com and check out the Backbone Series. If your story is selected, it's easy as that. You get that $1000 uh scholarship. We all know that uh that training can get rather expensive rather quickly, especially if you're doing the EMS kind of routes. So, your opportunity to help fund those endeavors are all located over there at mysteryranch.com. So go over there, check it out. It's awesome. The Anchor Point Podcast is also going to be brought to you by our premier coffee sponsor, and that is going to be none other than Hot Shot Brewery. It's kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause, and a portion of the proceeds will always go back to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. But... In addition to Kick-Ass Coffee for Kick-Ass Causes, they make a ton of other stuff, like all the tools of the trade to get your morning started off right, and a metric shit pile of Wildland Firefighter-themed apparel. It's pretty awesome. So if you are uh, looking for an AeroPress or a pour-over system or some Kick-Ass Coffee or just one of those uh, shirts that has a Sikorsky on it, well... Now your opportunity, go over to www.hotshotbrewing.com and check it out. Hell, they even got Christmas ornaments that are coming out. It's pretty sick. I and mean, while you're at it, if you want to uh, get your hands on some Anchor Point merch, well, Hot Shot Brewery supports the Anchor Point podcast by slinging our merch. So if you're looking to get your hands on one of those Fire Fiend uh, t-shirts or one of the Band of Brothers t-shirts, well, go over to www.hotshotbrewing.com and check it out. The Anchor Point Podcast would also like to give a quick little shout out to our buddy Booze over at the Ass Movement. Yeah, it's a funny name and it's a funny acronym, but it's serious about conservation and burying your turds. And if you don't know what the Ass Movement stands for, well, that acronym stands for the Anti-Surface Shitting Movement. And I think it's an important cause. That's why I'm giving my homie a little bit of uh, praise and a little bit of shout out on the podcast. And that's why you've been hearing them for quite some time now. But if you want the finest in poo burying propaganda... Or you got a problem pooper on your crew and you need to, uh, eh, I don't know, educate them. Maybe get get them make a turd trowel so they can properly bury their turds. Well, now's your opportunity. Go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement. And uh, yeah, check this out. Uh, listeners to this uh, podcast can get 10% off their entire order by using the code anchorpointass10 at checkout. That's site-wide pretty awesome so once again booze thank you for uh starting this little uh endeavor this movement if you will it's awesome so once again go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement to get all of your poo-bearing propaganda needs and last but not least the anchor point podcast is going to be brought to you by the smoky generation also known as the American wildfire experience. And if you don't know what that is, well, it is a digital catalog, another digital archive of sorts that's given back to the wildland community. Yeah. So, go over to www.wildfireexperience.org. And yes, there is a hyphen in there. So, wild or wildfire hyphen experience.org. It's awesome. There's a collection of over 200 stories, and it's now an international affair, which is pretty freaking sweet. You see people from uh, Australia, South Africa, all over the globe, uh, primarily the United States, but you got Canada in there, too. It's it's freaking awesome. And it's uh, telling the story of wildland fire. And how do they give back to the community? Well, that's pretty interesting. They also have the Smoky Generation grant program. Yeah, so 500 bucks is on the line for those folks that are... Uh, either photographers, writers, bloggers, cinematographers, anybody who's telling the story of wildland fire. Now, uh, if you're chosen, if you submit your story, well, simple as that. You get that $500 uh, Smoky Generation grant, and it's freaking awesome. So go over there, submit your story, submit your project, and uh, yeah, best of luck to you. Bethany, you have a kick-ass organization going on over there. Thank you very much, and keep it up. What's going on ladies and gentlemen welcome back hope everybody's doing well and I hope everybody's uh, getting down to that glide path towards the end of the season I know that we might have may might maybe have a uh, Santa Ana season here coming up shortly but uh, with the wedding rains that uh, well let's just call it what it is it's flooding rains that we're experiencing now here on the west coast with that uh, atmospheric river well we'll see what happens I guess but with that being said it is the uh, glide path towards the end of the season and people are starting to get laid off if you're not already laid off. And this becomes the hardest part of the year. And that's why we have a culturally competent clinician on the show again to talk about this glide path and the importance of having some steps, some some processes to wind down from the end of the season. Now, uh, yeah, I mean, the winter is hard. You're uh, oftentimes without a paycheck, without... Uh, any insurance, and yeah, you're kind of left to fend for yourself, especially for you seasonals out there. But for you permanents out there, I know that all that stress of the season kind of gets translated over into the monotony of office work or doing the same crap over and over and over again. And all that excitement for both parties, both perms and seasonals kind of fades and it sucks. And now you feel lost. It's like going hundred miles an hour, one direction and then slamming that car into reverse and it sucks so today on the show we're going to talk about establishing that glide path that wind down towards the end of the season some steps uh to reintegrate yourself with the family we're going to talk about the single folks out there we're going to talk about some nss or some not safe for work stuff so yeah nsfw so there's some content in this one that is a little bit uh well yeah Not graphic per se, but yeah, it's uh, one of those things that's kind of uh, questionable, I guess. I'll probably get flagged for language and stuff like that in content, but that's besides the point. So drinking fucking and fighting is (laughs) going to be one of those topics. And uh, yeah, you single folks out there, men and women, because you're both guilty of it. That's not a solution for uh, the excitement and chasing that adrenaline high that you experienced during the season. So Let's talk about taking care of ourselves and taking care of each other on this episode. So without further ado, I would like to reintroduce my good friend, Shannon Mead. Welcome to the Anchor Point. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point podcast. Today on the show for round two, I've got Shannon Mead. Culturally competent clinician extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you're gaining a little bit of esteem in the community as far as uh, clientele, which is freaking awesome.
1: Yep. Yeah. I like like helping people.
0: Nice. Right on. Well, let's give a little recap of who you are in case uh, some people missed the last episode.
1: Yeah. So I'm Shannon. I am a marriage and family therapist, came from a first responder household. Um, so I understand the wildland life a little bit more than most clinicians. Um, I have a practice here in Reno, Nevada, and I'm also, in addition to being a clinician, I'm also a coach. So I've been doing, in the last few months, it's definitely kicked up since our last episode, quite a bit of um, just kind of like resilience coaching, helping clients get a better grasp on their stressors, their signals of when they're really stressed and anxious, and then coming up with some clear plans on how to take care of it. So that work is near and dear to my heart, and I'm glad to be able to help people with it.
0: Yeah. It's important work, man. And it's especially like with what we do and the traumas that you're very well familiar with, especially growing up in a household like that. Mm-hmm. You've seen it probably all. So, I mean, what better yeah. person to talk to than someone who's competent?
1: Yes. Someone who understands. There
0: we go. Culturally competent. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yep. Nice. But yeah, uh, I wanted to invite you back today. Uh, we're getting into the hard part of the season, which is yes. going to be that transition point
2: mm-hmm.
0: into the off season, if not the off season. Yep. That's probably the hardest part, at least for the wildland folks that are out there. Mm-hmm. I know it was the hardest part for me. And we're going to talk about that transition, some tools in the toolbox to help you not crash land the plane, but, you know, take a nice glide path.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. And then we're also going to talk about grassroots and the partners and spouses survey. Yes. Maybe some tools in the toolbox to uh, offload on the uh, season mm-hmm. or oh, postseason at least. Yes. Hammer absolutely. down that glide path. Mm-hmm. So let's take it away.
1: Take it down nice and easy.
0: Yeah. So what do you want to start with? What do you want to start with uh, the transition points or the single life or that off season? Where do you want to go with this? I'm going to put that ball in your court.
1: Let's start with the data. Okay. Right. Cause you guys did an awesome job of collecting some information about what impact wildland has on those the uh, spouses and partners at home and we can kind of talk about the problems and then let's end with the solutions okay i like to end
0: with the helpful Mm. stuff don't come to me with problems unless you got solutions right exactly there we go
1: i don't like leaving people totally depressed
0: (laughs) but yeah um shout out to grassroots and uh if you haven't seen the survey results for uh, a bunch of we've done a bunch of surveys actually Mm -hmm. so it's mental health um we did the partners and spouses surveys and uh, yeah, big shout out to Grassroots Wildland Firefighters. That organization is blowing up. Mm-hmm. And you can good find work. them. Good yeah. work.
1: You guys are doing some really good work, yeah.
0: It's pretty impressive. I'm, I'm impressed how much they've grown. And yeah,
2: it's mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it's awesome. But you can go to www.grwff.com to check them out mm-hmm. and all the other cool stuff that we're doing.
1: Yeah, Sweet. absolutely. So data. Okay.
0: So. That was in the details. For those of you
1: listening at home, we have a bunch of data in front of us. How about we just start kind of flipping through what we have and talking about what you've experienced, what I've experienced. I mean, I'm not neither me nor my spouse are a wildland firefighter, but my dad um, was municipal for a long time, but then did air attack for a long time. So I was a kid growing up in a wildland household. So I've experienced it from that side. So let's kind of talk about what we've experienced and then what I see at work a lot. That aligns with this data. Okay. Send it. Deal.
0: Let's go. I'm ready.
1: Let's start. Let's start over here. We have a bunch of papers in front of us. Oh,
0: yeah. First off, before this, though, full disclaimer here. You are not involved. Correct. With this uh, data, this survey at all. Mm-hmm. But you are a third party. And you're here to kind of, I guess, validate it. And kind of talk about it.
1: Yeah. Like add some validity
0: to the uh, things that are being said out there by actual people. Absolutely. Yeah. That are wildland firefighter spouses and partners.
1: Yep. Yeah. I I do not. I have nothing to do with grassroots aside from cheering on. And so I have not done any of the analysis or anything like that that would make me untrustworthy or anything like that in terms of wanting to talk about what we're seeing here. Okay. Um, but what we do have in front of us is all the data. So let's talk about what you guys found and how what you found is what i hear in my office all week
0: long so it's actually uh, judging off of what you've seen so far this is like verbatim things that are being said Mm -hmm. by your clients Mm -hmm. and part of what i would
1: love to do today is really validate the experience that a lot of you guys have where you may feel alone right so for you couples singles too we're starting with couples You guys matter if you're single. Don't worry. We'll get there. But for a lot of this work is hard on relationships. And so if you're feeling like your relationship is struggling and it's only you, stay tuned because it's not. We have the data that proves it's not.
0: Mm Oh, juicy.
1: Juicy. (laughs) This week on Blossom. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Let's see. I will. Let's do this kind of general overview. Okay. So in case you haven't seen the information, you're just listening on your commute or something, the respondents to the survey said that 68% of them were full-time. Okay, let me resp- let me rephrase. So the people who responded to the survey are the partners and spouses, correct? Yes. So they're talking about the employment status of their wildland firefighter spouse.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to use the word spouse from here on out because if we say partners and spouses over and over, that's too many words. Okay. So please, I'm just going to say spouse. Please know I mean partner. Fair enough. Okay. Um, 68% are working full time. 15 also work for a federal agent agency. Um, explain that one to me.
0: So I believe what that refers to is, um, let me see that that one data point here. So employment status of the respondents, right? Mm -hmm. 68.3% is going to work full time. So that's 26 and 0 pay periods. So Mm -hmm. 26 pay periods, zero off. You're not getting laid off during that time. Right. Um, as far as the also work for a federal agency, I believe that's referring to uh dual fire or dual agency couples out there. Okay. That so that makes ma- more sense. Yeah.
1: So I was like, aren't a bunch of these full timers working federally?
0: But, yeah. Okay. Well, 11% of those respondents are also dual fire. So, I mean, the 15.4 take 11.4 one percent out of that mm-hmm. your four point whatever percent that is because I'm no math whiz got yep,
1: f- really mathy for you guys.
0: <laughs> I was a firefighter for a reason.
1: Yeah I'm a therapist for a reason.
0: <laughs> <laughs> math is not good. Um so that four percent they probably are like uh I don't know GIS or biologist, something else in a federal agency, but not necessarily fire. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And Sounds then good. 16.9% of them are on call militia folks. Which on call, Mm
1: -hmm. brutal. Okay, so that's who we're talking about here. Let's see. This one does not surprise me, but it kills me. So the question was: Have you, as being the spouse, ever left or considered leaving your fire career due to the difficulty of having children in a dual career relationship? So this is something I hear a lot. Is there's a sense of either or because the schedule and the struggles and the stresses of the job make it really hard to have a family. Mm -hmm. So 70% of respondents said, yes, they have considered leaving fire in order to have a family. So if you're in one of those families where you're doing both and you're like, I feel like I can't do this. Don't worry. You're not alone. You're not being a baby. It's really hard.
0: No, it's real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, shit. Look at me. I'm one of those people. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. You had to make a choice. And can you imagine now that you have a baby, can you imagine being gone all summer long?
0: It'd be really tough, especially on my wife. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the most unfair portion. Of course, if I was still doing fire, I wouldn't probably think of it that way. But, you know, stepping back and being able to take a 30,000 foot view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I made the right choice for myself. Now, mm-hmm. and that choice not, might not be for everybody. Yeah, Firefighters or firefighting was one of the greatest things that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And I miss it. I still miss it, but I couldn't imagine myself doing it. Yeah. Now. Yeah.
1: And I think that's what's so hard is it's a great job, right? And you love doing it. So this idea that giving it up to have a family feels like a major loss, and so a lot of people don't want to. And I don't blame them. Plus, we we need you.
0: Yeah, you know, need yeah. shit has been burning. Things.
1: We need a lot of help. Yeah.
0: Another thing too is I think the money factor also, which we're going to get into, is mm-hmm. one of those uh, decision factors as well. Because even in a uh, previous episode with Jeff Dupra, I don't know if you caught that. I uh, did. Yeah yeah but that during that episode he said that yeah, yeah i even know employees of mine that mm-hmm. are on food stamps
1: mm-hmm. and that's bullshit
0: that sucks yeah that is not okay
1: yeah the fact that someone can be out there risking their lives in order to protect our communities in our wild areas and then not be able to afford to feed their family like that's just crap
0: oh it's right? utter bullshit
1: yeah so in that i mean i think that's One of the stressors you kind of see sprinkled throughout all of this too, is that in order to try to make ends meet, they're working more and more overtime, right? Which is then just a cascading stressor because it's more time away, higher levels of exhaustion on both sides. And it just makes it really hard. Plus then you come home and you feel like you can't go out to a nice dinner.
2: Oh yeah.
0: Because you're
1: tight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Money's tight. I mean, you don't want, I mean, yeah, you can go to McDonald's or something like that, but you're not going to go to a nice dinner. I mean, yeah. Anniversaries got to be hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you can't go take a nice vacation and stuff because you feel like you're a little bit nervous about how you're going to make it through the off season.
0: It's hard. Oh yeah, it's
1: hard, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay.
0: I like how you're doing the slide. which
1: <laughs> <laughs> I should. For those of you watching I'm on YouTub,e just ban a that shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll start throwing them. I have no problem with that. Um, there's just some great quotes in here too. About what it's like to be the, the spouse and the partner. There's a bunch of respondents. It looks like that um, where both partners are wildland.
0: Yeah, that there's is, a fair amount.
1: That's a lot. It's yeah. a lot of smoke. It's a lot of stinky clothes. Um, and this one I really like was having a partner outside the job would be damn near impossible to have someone that understands. Um, though this inter- this understanding can lead to crippling fear because we both know how close the other is to catastrophic injury on any given day. So that's that
0: is heavy. That's
1: super heavy, right? This idea that both of them understand the danger. And I don't hold on. We're going to shuffle.
0: Shuffling, shuffling, or
1: shuffling. Because there's another piece of data you hadn't hear about. Well, we didn't have to shuffle too far. Look at that. Look at that. We're meant to be Um, 73%. 73%. Goodness. This is why I don't do this. Words are hard. This is hard, guys. <laughs> 73% of respondents worry about a tragic accident on the fire line. Right. that's a. I'm honestly a little bit wondering why the others aren't worried. Maybe they're head in the sand. But the fact that you spend the season worrying about your firefighter, hoping they'll be okay, that's really heavy and exhausting.
0: Oh, I can imagine. I mean, just from that alone, the dual fire. I mean, that's yeah, you're worrying about each other mm-hmm. constantly, mm-hmm. and then if you're outside of the fire realm and the partner spouse. There it is. See, I did it. (laughs) See, it's, imagine doing that 55 more times. I I can't do it 50 more times. So we'll just use them interchangeably. But the people that are not in fire, 73% of them are worrying Mm -hmm. that their significant other is going to get injured Mm -hmm. either catastrophically or just minorly. Even Even if you're minorly injured, that's a huge, huge impact to your livelihood.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? Yeah, it's huge. And I know there... I think there's some comments about worrying about just the smoke inhalation impact on your body over time, right? Mm -hmm. It's a lot to feel kind of tight and stressed about all the time.
2: So,
0: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's that fear of the future, I guess, especially with so much uncertainty in a job like this, right? Mm -hmm. Because like we've been talking about, if you get injured even minorly or worse, there's a... Mm L-O-D-D, line of duty death. Yeah, What do you do from there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's some of what we'll talk about with the solution piece, I think, is how do we take off that worry, which is next to impossible, but we have to actively try to figure out how to bring our systems down and calm down. Yeah. Because when we're carrying that level of stress and tension all the time, it wears us out.
0: Yeah. And I think that's going to be same said the same thing as exactly for the the firefighter that's out there as well, too. Because you're worried about your own mortality. Mm-hmm. You have to be. It's mm-hmm. what keeps you alive, right? And,
1: and your crew members, yeah. right? You're all out there together. And so you're worried about yourself. You're worried about them. If you're in any sort of leadership role, you're worried about your people. It's just, it's a lot.
0: Oh, yeah. It's a yeah. lot to take on.
1: hmm Yeah. Okay. Here's a great Another great comment about fair compensation, right? This idea of please just pay us more. Okay, we're gonna talk about absence in a sec. Ooh, this is a great, so 57% of respondents said that this work impacts their professional life more than they ever imagined. I mean, they probably knew going in, it was gonna be bad and then it's even worse than they thought. So this job has a major impact on our personal lives. And that's part of what I wanna talk about in solutions is how do we, Try to maintain some sense of personal life when your life is often just completely upended by the work.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's hard to balance. It, just even having a personal life during the season, it's just mm-hmm. you might as well just write it off.
1: Yeah, you don't have one. Yeah, yeah, and that's. I mean, it seems like it's a lot easier to continue to hang out even on your R and R time, hang out with people who are in fire because they get it that's rather the than trying to like come um, connect with normal
0: folks. Yeah, the normies out there. I mean. I guess you could say even other fire specialties like municipal people. I mean, yeah, we'll get along with them on the ter- surface, but there's still a disconnect there mm-hmm. because it's wildly different. Yeah. But your normies, yeah, I'd rather just not engage. They're wondering why you haven't gotten a haircut. Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. And why I smell like shit constantly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got a wild look in your eyes.
0: <laughs> thousand yard stare. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hmm. That thousand yard stare is real and heartbreaking and part Mm -hmm. of what we'll talk about i think okay oh yeah i'll talk about that second i think this okay so this comment these are just quotes that you pulled out and it's all anonymous so this if you're someone who actually wrote this it's okay nobody's gonna know who you are um this job is killing us physically mentally and emotionally it breaks my heart yeah and i think that's not an uncommon feeling
0: i don't think it is i think uh it I think shit gets real, real, real fast mm-hmm. with this line of work. um I, I think that when we're jumping into it, the naivety portion kind of masquerades the rest of the ugly truths that come with a first mm-hmm. responder career
1: right. Well, there's this idea that this is like a sexy job, right? There's an idea like, of it, yeah, you use it, you know, if you're single, if you're single, you're probably using it as a pickup line, like, yeah, I'm a hot shot,
0: you know, I'm looking sm- at you folks.
1: I'm a smoke jumper, no big deal. <laughs> I just jump out of helicopters and save the day. <laughs> what are you doing later tonight? Right. <laughs> but once you're actually in a relationship, you're like, oh, this is not cool.
0: And there's men and women that do that.
1: Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe some more than others. But <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this was another one that kind of it's like this data is so good because it, it's not surprising to me. Like nothing in here. I was like, oh, what?
0: It's not like revolutionary by any means. It's just saying the quiet this part out real. loud.
1: Mm-hmm. And you had, would you have 1900 respondents?
0: Uh, Just short of 2000. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so that's a good, that's a good snapshot. Yeah. Nice work. Getting
0: oh, Don't thank me. You got to thank the uh, health and wellness subcommittee on grassroots. They did all the data and digging and all that stuff.
1: To those of you on the subcommittee.
0: Yes. Thank you. Decentralized leadership. <laughs>
1: okay. (laughs)
0: I'm quoting Jocko here. (laughs) I'm like, I
1: got nothing to say about that, but thank you for crunching the numbers. Yeah. No, this, so what it does when we have data is it shows us that it's not just you, right? If someone at home is experiencing this, it's not just a personal experience. This is a kind of a cultural universal experience within Wildland. Um, And then it also tells us where we need to focus our efforts on solving the problem, right? So I personally I'm not able to raise your pay rates. If I could, I would. That's not something I can do. But what we can do is as we're looking through this, I'm kind of thinking about like, where can we offer solutions to actually help with the with the problems? And this one, this particular data point is something I think we can talk about. So the data point is 37% of respondents say that their firefighter exhibits a sense of calm or ease while at home. So roughly 40% of people demonstrate some relaxation
0: you'd think it would be inverse numbers
1: you would hope it would be i'm not surprised like this doesn't surprise me but it's sad yeah that means 60 of you are not calm at home yeah anxious stressed maybe angry um i think we should probably talk a little bit about anger
0: probably anxiety
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah because so here's what happens i think we talked about this last time a little bit um anger is a safe emotion to show But when you're out there on the fire line, you're experiencing a lot of fear and sadness and some of those emotions that we're less likely to talk about. Like no one wants to say I was scared and sad, but you can safely say I'm mad. And what tends to happen is it gets hard to stop being angry. So if your firefighter is coming home or you are the firefighter and you're coming home and you're just angry, there's probably a lot underneath of that, which is part of what a mental health professional helps dig out. Because you don't want to be angry all the time.
0: No No one wants to be that person. But I can understand why a lot of these emotions are manifesting as anger, though. Mm -hmm. I know I've been guilty of it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's anger is safe. And we also have words for angry. Right. So a lot of the more like deep seated emotions like grief, we don't talk about it a lot. So then you don't know how to express. Well, I really saw a bunch of devastation. Like I walked through a burned out town and it was fucking sad. Right. It's hard to know how to express that fully.
0: Yeah. Just putting things into context too, especially to back to the normies.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Imagine, I mean, I can't imagine even describing what that was like or being a boots on the ground during something like Greenville mm-hmm. to someone who has no idea what you experienced. Mm-hmm. It yeah. seems fleeting. Like it's almost counterintuitive to even try at points. Right. And I think that leads to a lot of isolation.
1: Yeah. Both for the firefighter and the spouse, right? Cause you, You just don't know how to have the conversation. It's like it's it gets hard. It gets confusing. I think something like Greenville, people are like, what happened? Mm -hmm. Why didn't they put the wet stuff on the red stuff? Right. It gets really oversimplified. And it's it's not simple.
0: I think it's a communication thing, too. I mean, it's not a lot of people understand what this job entails or what we do. And we prioritize life, safety and property. Right. In that specific order. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: We're not going to stand in front of a 200 foot wall of fire. Mm hmm it's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You can, you're going to be literally pissing in the wind. You can take all the tankers, all the helicopters, Mm -hmm. all the personnel in the world, and you're not going to stop something like that. Mm -hmm. And then when the public doesn't understand that it leads to the conspiracy theory, bullshit, the Mm -hmm. the anger manifests as anger as well. Mm -hmm. And then now not only do you have this stressful situation as the firefighter from the firefighters perspective, as the firefighter on the ground, And what you experience, but now if you happen to live in that community now you're getting it from the public as well yeah. firefighters are usually regarded as the heroes right you know but it's more complicated than that mm-hmm. yeah i just and don't understand
1: that can be so lonely so if you're angry check in a little bit like maybe it's lonely right maybe you feel isolated or judged and judged is when i think that when we feel a sense of judgment we get we get angry mm-hmm. but judgment hurts
0: right? Judgment sucks.
1: It tends to mean someone's like disappointed in you. Oh yeah. That doesn't feel good. And so if you're, if you're feeling really angry and you're not sure what to do with it, that's, that's what a mental health professional can help you do. And that's what I can do as a coach too, right? We just, we break it apart. Yeah. Put words to it. Then we know what to do.
0: Make it digestible if Mm -hmm. you will.
1: Yeah. And I am, so I'll have a training by the time this I should hopefully have a training on my website too that literally walks through like how do we figure out what happened how do we know how it impacted us and then what do we do next because if you don't know how to name your emotions that's okay a lot of people don't yeah so
0: I mean especially I'm looking at you guys specifically men because I know I'm just as guilty of that shit but Mm -hmm. yeah I think men are a lot worse at expressing what their emotions are or what they're experiences are than women. Yeah. Well it could be sexist there, but it's
1: it's yeah how you were socialized, right? Mm -hmm. So for a long time I think it's a lot better now, but for a long time if you were a little boy and you were scared or upset, you were told to what? Suck it up, tough it up. Rub some
0: dirt on it. You'll be Mm -hmm. fine.
1: Boys don't cry. And you know, I think that there is, I think we've maybe swung a little too far. In terms of kids these days, maybe need to suck it up a little more.
0: Yeah, not everybody deserves a ter- participation trophy. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, we've we've swung a little far, but that suck it up culture, which is also continued into wildland, right? Mm-hmm. It makes it so that you just literally don't have the tools, and that's not a failure. That's not that you. It's not like you suck. It's just you don't know. You don't have the tools. Yeah,
0: you got to so. find balance in that. I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And seek out the tools. So that's when we talk solutions at the end. It's like, don't just be like, oh, well, I suck at it. So I'm going to suck at it forever. You don't have to. And trust me, your spouse or partner will want you to seek out the tools. There we go. OK, next data point on here. Fifty six point six percent said that they were impacted because their wildland partner answers calls and texts related to work. And I'm assuming this is during off time.
0: I'm assuming, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, I hear, I hear about that. It's a thing.
0: That it's definitely a thing.
1: Even off time isn't off time, which creates a sense of like invasion. Like your home is not, your home is not, I don't know, the word may even be safe or like protected Yeah. or insulated from the fire world.
0: Yeah, I can understand that a lot. I mean, I mean, that extends to other careers. I think that's kind of a, not exclusive necessarily to fire. It's uh more enhanced and more Mm -hmm. prevalent in fire i want to say than it is in like some if you're a banker or something right right sometimes you drag shit home or you get called work calls Mm -hmm. at home but your home to me that's supposed to be your sanctuary right Mm -hmm. i don't want to take work home with me if i want to do something in my home it's going to be what i want to do if i want to walk around naked or fucking record a podcast
1: hopefully not both at the same time
0: both at the same time out of respect for my audience (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah and you're uh
0: and guess. What, what am I? Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. Well, maybe the guests might be into it, but I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, all joking aside, I was waiting for it. I was like There's trying to really that. close
1: to destruction.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be your sanctuary. You're supposed to do, you're not supposed to do work shit at home. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be, you know, yep. your sanctuary.
1: Well, and I think, yes, you're right. That a lot of jobs, you know, I, I deal with this, like, how do I handle the scheduling and the stuff I have to do when I'm at home. Mm -hmm. But because that home period of time is so short in wildland, like if you're coming home for 48 or 72, like you want, you want your partner's full attention. Mm -hmm. And if they're quietly texting over here about fire, like I think for a lot of spouses, you end up hating fire, right? Because there's a sense of competition that your marriage, your relationship, your time with your spouse is shared with their mistress otherwise known as a wildland fire.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so you begin to feel competitive, understandably.
0: It's funny that you mentioned that your uh, mistress is fire. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people out there, it's kind of a a joke in the community that your second wife or your girlfriend is Mm -hmm. fire. Mm -hmm. And true.
1: Can we just be honest that as the seasons get longer, it's almost your first wife. Like
0: Arguably, yeah.
1: Right? So if the season, because there was, I don't know where it is at this point, but there's one in here that says they're partner is spending seven plus months.
0: Yeah. I think it's in this one right here.
1: And that is seven months is more than half of the year. I'm not great with math, but I do know that's more than half of the year, which makes fire your first wife, right? Absolutely. If you're sharing custody, and I think listening to the episode you did with Jeff, um, he was mentioning just the length of the season. And that's just, I think that's a huge part of what has gotten unmanageable.
0: Oh yeah. And it's only trending in one direction. So it's only going to continue Mm -hmm. to escalate in length.
1: Yep. Yeah. You're willing to share, you're willing to share your spouse with fire for three months, but seven months.
0: Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I know a lot of people that's either one or the other pick Mm -mm. one.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it makes more sense when you actually think about the math of that. Oh yeah. First wife to second wife. My dad introduces my mom as his first wife. (laughs) <laughs> they've been married for 40 plus years.
0: <laughs> well, actually before we move on from that subject though, I wanted to touch back on the, uh, worrying about catastrophic injury mm-hmm. and the fear comment and tying it into this data right here. Yes. Now, if you're doing work shit at home and your significant other is already fearful of your health mm-hmm. and you're sitting there fucking texting or taking a work call or planning out your next assignment, I can understand where that would heighten things and concentrate, that feeling those emotions with mm-hmm. your significant other does that make sense
1: yeah and it almost okay so help me i mean you've actually been getting the texts and the calls What is what's what's it about a lot of times
0: usually nine times out of ten it's like future planning
1: okay so it's so, logistics
0: or you got like hey there's a lightning bust we're gonna have to call you in. you're gonna have to short roll your days off or something like that uh other things is like hey man how you start this pump on this engine or hey man where'd you leave the saw or hey this and hey the other thing because yeah Yeah. i guess things get lost in the mix and we rely on each other because we know each other so well
1: Mm -hmm. well and some of it too do you think because your crew is almost becoming your primary family especially that seven
0: months thing yeah
1: yeah oh yeah think about that for a second you're actually spending the majority of the year with your crew mm. they are your primary family
0: oh yeah 100 percent.
1: that hurts and if you've been feeling that it's it's real
0: yeah oh yeah well there's also the fact that since they're a familiar audience and you're spending all this time with them that you're probably more inclined to talk to them even if it's not work related you're just mm-hmm. fucking bullshitting with them yeah
1: that's what i was thinking is like yeah, yeah you'll text about the saw and then you'll be like so how you how you doing you know because you're used to being around them yeah yeah that yeah. makes sense it's a lot light bulb i was like what (laughs) what was that (laughs) i get nervous when i do this so i get jumpy um (laughs) the other thing is this idea that if we go back to the spouse being worried about the danger for seven months Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so it's okay to be worried that's natural uh, no yeah no it's totally right to be worried but think about that almost as like a weight on your shoulders if you were doing it for three months okay okay manageable you, you know Seven months, the majority of your year is spent in a higher anxiety space. That wears us down differently. Oh, yeah. And I think, do you think, do you observe that people are applying like a short term way of coping with it to something that is no longer short term?
0: Yeah, and it usually involves Mm self-medication. Yeah. So alcohol, I mean little MJ, probably when you're off, laid off, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other things.
1: Because like you used to be able like, okay, no, this is going to be really intense for three months and then I'm going to bring myself down and I have this long period of time to kind of recover and get over it.
0: Yeah. You can map it out, you know, mm-hmm. you can plan it out previously. I mean, when I was even first starting fire, mm-hmm. I mean, I've only been on fire for, was in fire for 11 short years and there's plenty of people out there who have 30 25 mm-hmm. sometimes more years in fire and they've definitely seen a dramatic change in the length of seasons the intensity of seasons the amount of new starts mm-hmm. the intrusion of wildland urban interface on our forests or wildlands in general so it yes i think that long of the sh- long and short of it is is yeah we used to be able to plan our winners and our layoff and kind of have that glide path and set aside finances but now it's just like a shit show yeah you can't plan
1: we have to completely reconsider what it looks like to handle well-being during the season and recover it during the off season because it's just it's flipped it's different Mm -hmm. absolutely we'll work on that okay um let's see okay. So here's a good, this is a quote about what we were just talking about. He feels guilty if he doesn't respond to personal calls and requests for help from crew members on his days off. And I'm tired of playing the bad guy for being annoyed that they won't ever let him have a day with us. Well summed up, whoever that was. Good job. That's heavy. Mm -hmm.
0: Because it's your responsibility as the crew lead. I'm I'm assuming that was probably a supervisor of some sorts, a partner.
1: Yeah. I mean, it could be a supervisor. I could see this also being just a, a crew member, too. Yeah. Right. Because you're so tightly knit if someone needs something.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Usually drop everything to go to do it.
1: hmm. Yeah. And if I mean, that is I think this idea that rising through the ranks is great.
0: Comes with its consequences, though.
1: But it's I mean, the levels of responsibility are just a lot to deal with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm actually going to read this again because I feel like this is probably something experienced in a lot of different households. Mm -hmm. And I just want to validate and normalize the strain of that. Um, And if you're someone, so if you're the firefighter and you feel like your spouse is on your ass all the time to get off your phone, take a moment and just listen to this from someone else and think about what that experience may be like for your partner. Um, He feels guilty if he doesn't respond to personal calls and requests for help from crew members on his days off. And I am tired of playing the bad guy for being annoyed that they won't ever let him have a day with us. It's heavy on both sides.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Maybe we'll talk about that in Solutions. Okay. This one. 49.3% of respondents stated that either yes or maybe they have considered separating from their partner due to strain on the relationship from the demands of the job. So pretty much half have considered bailing.
0: That's heavy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also I get it.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, I, it is such a high stress, high strain work that it involves a certain level of tenacity and also some logistical pieces of it, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to be able to manage some of the things like how long is the commute? You know, do you own your home? Can you afford, you know, can you afford to buy a home? Some of that stuff, if the pieces don't line up, then you're just like, I'm out. I can't do this.
0: Oh, yeah. I can imagine, too, the financial part of it, too. I mean, you're beholden to the amount of overtime that you get. Now, Mm -hmm. if you're living over your means, Mm -hmm. which you have to, Mm -hmm. hate to break it to you, but you can be the best financial planner in the fucking world, but on $15 an hour or even $20 an hour, usually you can't make ends meet.
1: Yeah. Once you have a family. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, if you're single and eating Taco Bell and like living in a little shithole apartment, Maybe you can make it. Yeah. But once you're trying to actually put down roots and live somewhere nice and eat some kale, it's <laughs> more expensive.
0: Kale. That's my food's food.
1: Please eat kale. It's good <laughs> for you. You're all malnourished. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Okay. Mm, okay. Let's talk about this one. In almost 20 years we've been together, his agency has given me no reason to believe they will do what's right in regards to pay classification and benefits. I want him to leave for his health and happiness. I wanna match this with, there's also one in here. Okay, so that comment talks about the fact that they don't feel like the is looking out for them, which adds to that loneliness, isolation. You don't feel supported. And somewhere in here, Okay, only 11.5% of respondents often or regularly feel confident that if something were to happen to their partner while on duty, they would be taken care of by the federal agency.
0: That is horrifyingly low.
1: When I saw that, I was like,
0: oh gosh. That tells me that the overall confidence of the agency is Mm
2: -hmm.
0: next to none. Mm -hmm. That means 90% of the respondents have no faith in the system. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. And I don't want this to be like a, a bag on the agency conversation.
0: It's an invitation to do better though. That's It for is fucking an sure. invitation
1: to do better. And it's an invitation to think specifically around. I appreciated in the conversation with Jeff, this idea of like changing titles, like what can we do that does not have a giant congressional budget issue? Mm-hmm. Cause I bet you there's some stuff you can do better.
0: Even the title alone. I mean, I think that would be a humongous morale booster mm-hmm. if we were actually considered Firefighters. I
1: don't know why that one's so hard. I don't that get That one's it. weird to me. Yeah. Like just, I mean,
0: this is why I don't work in government though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a multitude of things, of issues, of why they haven't done it thus far. Mm-hmm. It involves OPM, the agencies, and there's also, F- fire has five umbrellas, mm-hmm. large umbrellas at least, you know, BLM, BIA, uh, MPS, USDA, and whatever one else I'm forgetting. So, one of those yeah. fish and feathers. That's who it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, to get all of these agencies talking on the same page and actually
1: mm-hmm.
0: classify a PD as a firefighter, well, we got our work cut out for us. Mm-hmm. At least grassroots grassroots folks do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is that one of the items they're working on? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. That's like priority one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause there's a respect piece of it. And I think that there's, what I'm reading in this information is a lack of feeling valued and respected. Mm-hmm. And in a job that is this hard to not feel valued and respected becomes one of the things that just like literally sucks the energy and the well-being out of us.
0: Yeah. Being considered a number and not a value to an agency. Mm-hmm. That's that's a shitty feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there's even people that have been on record who are very high up. I'm not going to mention their names, but everybody listening to this probably will know who I'm talking about, but they literally said during I want to say it was like a press conference or a hearing or something like that. Sure someone will correct me. Um but they literally said if you don't like it, you can leave.
1: Mhm. Yeah. That makes me feel warm and fuzzy.
0: Mhm.
1: Makes me want to go risk my life in the forest.
0: That's the thing. The times have changed dramatically, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, There's my baby. Baby squeals. (laughs) He's definitely found his voice, so we might hear some baby screaming. Um, where was I at? Oh yeah. Um I don't think we've changed and we don't I don't think we've adapted with the modern day fire environment. We're running an agency based off of a very antiquated model, right? Mm -hmm. The policies that we made 50 years ago plus Mm -hmm. don't apply today. I mean, there used to be a time when getting on a hotshot crew was a hard fought thing and an honor to do. Now some hotshot crews are struggling to fill full capacity and Mm -hmm. even keep their type one status. And that's reflected across everybody. That doesn't matter if you're an engine, hell attack type two type two IA shit, even contractors.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And you know, What's interesting is that this isn't limited to wildland. No. that we're seeing the same thing in law enforcement. We're seeing the same thing in municipal fire, same thing in EMS. Military too. Yep. It's just the work has changed and the support systems need to change as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. Oh. I mean, you can throw money at a problem all day long. And, you know, if we were get to get these, the money thrown at it, mm-hmm. at this problem, as far as being a valued, mm-hmm. uh, employee or you know getting paid commensurate to what you're actually doing out there on the line Mm -hmm. it doesn't change the fact that this job is going to be fucking hard Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and shifting to that idea of the fires are more intense the season is longer how do we figure out scheduling and compensation in a way that is different and right now you know when we switch to talking about solutions i think what we have to talk about is how do we remain strong and resilient in the middle of those conditions mm-hmm. until they change you know i hope change will come i do too we're kind of in the shitty middle part though oh, yeah. so we got to keep families as healthy as possible okay let's see What else do we want to read here i'm flipping papers for those of you man <laughs> away that shit <laughs> Here's Well, we've already talked about this, but the percentage that says seven plus months out of the given year is 43.4%. So, almost 44% of people are looking at the seven-month timeline. Just to give that some numbers.
0: Seven months plus. Yeah. So,
1: there is a plus on there. Yeah. Okay. So, let's talk a little bit about... You did some good work about... Um, gathering information on what people feel like they need in terms of resources and support. So first of all, looks like, on, well, let me read this correctly. Now I'm looking at graphs. I got to make sure I line up my colors. Why am I so confused by this? You explain what that means. I think it's not the one I thought it was, so I got confused.
0: Oh, this one's referring to, um, like mental health complications as a result of work related in- incidents. Aha! Uh-huh. So. Yes. There we go.
1: That's why I thought yeah. it was the one about being supported. Okay. Yes. So are they, re- are they experiencing mental health challenges because of work? 60% said yes. 9.5% said not sure, which is because we're not good at naming our emotions and we're good at hiding it. Right,
0: And this is kind of an interesting data point, I think, because this is the, the respondents are the spouses and partners of Wildland Firefighters. So this Mm -hmm. is somebody else identifying, yeah, homie's got some shit going on.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so intense that it is visible to others at this point. Yes. Yeah.
0: 60%. That's bad.
1: Yeah. Just so that we're clear, not good. These are not the numbers we're looking for.
0: Yes. We want low numbers. (laughs) We want a golf score, and not a uh, all-time high.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, I have one other thing I saw in here that I want to talk about before we switch into kind of talking about solutions and what people ask for. Okay. And that was the sleep mm. percentage.
0: Yeah, we had a good uh, discussion yeah. about that off record there.
1: Yeah. And I think the reason I wanted to call this out... I'm flipping papers, guys. I'm flipping quick. The reason I wanted to call it out is it's... I as we turn to talking about solutions and how we can do things better, I think one place we can start to work on it is sleep because sleep matters so much. Um, It's in here, it's in here. Okay, 46% of respondents report that their partners experience inadequate or poor quality of sleep during the fire season, okay? Which makes complete sense.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And kind of goes back to the scheduling and the stress and the fact that you're supposed to come home and be like, oh, I'm on R&R, so I should be chill. You have 48 to 72
0: hours to chill out. Yeah, but you also have 48 to 72 hours to get shit done around Mm -hmm. the house. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially if you have kids. I mean, I'm sorry, your wife's not going to mow your fucking lawn for you. A bunch of them do. Huh. Yeah. I guess it depends on how uh, old the kids are. (laughs)
1: Because if if you're mowing your lawn every 14 to 21 days, you're going to lose a child in there.
0: Friggin' forest in the backyard, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Yeah. So you're trying to come back. You've got 48 to 72 hours to come home, connect with your partner connect with your kids, get some sleep, eat a decent meal, like do your laundry. Mm-hmm. It's so much that it makes complete sense to me that you're not sleeping well. And I think it's one of those things we need to figure out as much as possible. How do we protect and care for sleep? Oh yeah. Because it is massively impactful.
0: Well, interesting thing about this too, is I, I wonder if this question, cause the question on that isn't written as in is are they at home and missing sleep or getting a quality rest at Mm. home? So that'd be an interesting addition to that.
1: It would. Yeah. To map sleeping on the line versus sleeping at home. Yes. Or sleeping wherever you are. A bunch of you were at Circus Circus Reno this summer.
0: Oh yeah. GSR too. Yeah. That's an interesting thing because I know for a freaking fact that firefighters, the wildland firefighters out there are not getting adequate rest Mm -hmm. in fire camp. Or spiked out online. I get better rest personally if I'm spiked out somewhere mm-hmm. on a mountaintop. That's that's like the golden ticket right oh, there. Yeah. Well, because you generators and shit. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm, it's quiet. You've gotten a bunch of exercise. You're surrounded by nature. A
0: mm-hmm.
1: little bit of danger, but hopefully not too much. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's prime sleep time.
0: Oh, yeah. But if you're stuck in fire camp, I guarantee you, I mean, you, you're working a 16 hour day, sometimes mm-hmm. more if it, you know, the needs dictate it. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you that you're working those 16 hours. You come back to fire camp, you eat chow and that eight hours of rest. Mm-hmm. It ain't fucking rest, man. Yeah. You're doing shit. You're packing. You're making phone calls. You're, I don't know, mm-hmm. doing whatever you need to do. So you're probably getting maybe five Mm -hmm. hours of sleep, if not less.
1: And the stress of the day and you're trying to FaceTime home and yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So sleep is,
0: yeah, let's talk, we'll talk about sleep in a second. Kind of a cornerstone to mental health overall.
1: It really is. And I think this is one of those environments where it's just naturally so hard to get. We have to make sure we protect it, which means not playing video games until two in the morning.
0: I'm not going to say anything about myself there. (laughs)
1: I wish that everyone could see when we just kind of stop and smile at the YouTube camera. For those of you listening in your car, it's an awkward smile to my right nope. into the camera.
0: Kind of alluding to we know who you
1: are. We know that this is happening a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, there is this great page you have about seeking mental health support, mm. professional support. Um Hold on, you explain these because you remember the questions probably. I remember reading it, but at this point I don't remember the... So many papers.
0: So the general topic on the... Uh, this is the data compiling page. So mm-hmm. perspectives on utilizing mental health professional support. So um, I guess it's alluding to, if I remember correctly, it's alluding to the agreeableness of people seeking mm-hmm. mental health. Um there's also other questions that were in there mm-hmm. as far as like, do you think your partner would be mm-hmm. interested in seeking method or mental health or have they, or do you think they should? Yeah.
1: Should they, would they, have they?
0: Have they? Yeah.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember. I remember reading the written part of this. So go back and look at it. Cause right now I only have the graphs in front of me and generally the general consensus through here is that um, there's not a lot of accessibility, so it's hard to know who to talk to. And there's there's comments throughout about, I mean, we were kind of talking before we started recording, I'm working with lots of wildland and municipal firefighters, and the scheduling component during the summer was, it was a thing, Mm -hmm. right? Between mandatory and wildland assignments, my schedule moves all the time. Which makes it really hard to work with a clinician, yeah. Especially if they don't understand. Like, if I know what Mando means, and I know it's not something you can, you can get around. Nope. And so I'm not going to charge you cancellation fees and stuff on that. But a lot of clinicians don't know that. They don't understand how it works.
0: Yeah, Joe Blow clinicians not going to understand that.
1: The complicated algorithms of the Force Hire list. Yeah. Um. So the data is showing that there's obstacles because of that Mm and scheduling there's obstacles because of reluctance. So this one says would like to, but my partner is reluctant and I don't have a percentage on here, but the biggest yellow bar is under agree. So yes, we, I would like my partner to get some help, but they're reluctant. Mm -hmm. So overall your data kind of confirms what I hear a lot that there's some reluctance. There's a there's an unwillingness, but then there's also a difficulty in even figuring out what to do. So if you're feeling that, you're not alone. Okay, but stop dilly dallying. Seek it out. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, get some tools in that toolbox, which we are going to talk about.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that next. Okay, yeah, okay. let's let's just wrap that piece. So hopefully, I mean, I don't, I feel like we were kind of wandering through the data, but my hope is that if you're listening, you just know that there are people who feel the same as you. Um, you're not just fucking it up. You're not just sucking a marriage that this work is really hard and you're going to have to put some time and attention into figuring out how to deal with it.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think that's a, the primary thing that this uh, whole survey shows and all of our infographics show is that people are not alone out there and it's mm-hmm. actually a lot more common mm-hmm. than we give it credit to. Yeah. So seeking out those tools, which we're going to talk about is rather important.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, there's a lot of data. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of data points in this whole survey. And if we were to do a line by line on each data point, um, well, this podcast would probably be about five hours, mm-hmm. six hours long. <laughs>
1: so, I would need a snack.
0: Yeah. Yes. We'd probably have to break it up into a couple parts, get snacks, dinner, all that mm-hmm. stuff. But if you guys want to, uh, guys and girls out there that want to take a look at this data and all the other surveys that Grassroots has done, just like I said earlier, go over to www.grassrootswildlandfirefighters.com www.grassroots, uh, or grwff.com.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So solutions. Send solutions. it.
1: Solutions. Okay. So we heard a couple different themes, right? This idea of you start to feel stuck because you really love the work. So mm-hmm. this is for the firefighter. Loves the work. Also, maybe not sure what else you would do, right? I hear that fairly often. Yeah, it's the
0: only thing you know. Mm-hmm. Fire.
1: Yeah, and you you just love it, which is fair, right? Oh, yeah, you love it, and I don't I don't blame you for that. But you start to feel stuck, and then I think for the partner, or the spouse, they're feeling stuck in like this lifestyle. This lifestyle is killing me. Mm-hmm. I love my firefighter, but I can't keep living like this. So what are we gonna do?
0: Let's kill them both of you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. So that's one theme: the sense of feeling stuck. Another one is feeling that sense of competition
2: mm-hmm.
1: with the work wife, right? Which in a lot of contexts, a lot of jobs means like the coworker. But I feel like for fire, it's like fire is, yeah. is the work wife. Um, and that sense of how do we protect our time together so we can talk about that. And then we, I hear a lot about isolation, right? And I think even part of wanting to use the data to normalize is it can get really lonely to feel like you're the only one experiencing something. So this is one way to lower your isolation, but we've got to figure out how to do that overall in your regular life too.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it's like going to a bar and like you're surrounded by, like you have a couple of your friends at the bar, right? And then you can spot a firefighter, typically a wildland, especially just typical garb, you know, flannel, yeah. some sort of trucker hat. I can pick them out from a mile away. Yeah. <laughs> Probably some car hearts, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but once you like, uh, talk to that person. If you do make that effort to talk to them, And it's like a fucking brand new relationship. It's like, you have something in common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird.
1: Yeah. And that sense of being understood and connected. So it's tricky, right? So we want to both honor and value the connection to your crew and those you work with, mm-hmm. but we also have to figure out how to make sure that you're connected outside
0: of that. Oh yeah. Because you'll, you'll just slowly shrivel. Well, you if, lose your identity too. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess your identity of self the you know, fire becomes your identity. Exactly. I know it happened to me.
1: Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it makes sense, right? It's, it's not like you're doing something wrong, but you've got to actively combat it in order to make sure that fire doesn't overwhelm everything else because that's, that's how we lose our relationships and our friendships and we get really distant from our kids and stuff like that.
0: Oh yeah. It's, Easy to fall into that trap too. I mean, just like we said, we spend, you know, more time at fire these days Mm
1: -hmm.
0: than we do at home. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, as that's been a major theme of what we're seeing in the data, having an impact is one of the things you need to do in this off season is sit down and have an honest conversation. Like what have the last few seasons looked like? How long have they been? How do we need to adjust to accommodate that? Because if you're still, especially if you've been living this life for 10 plus, 20 plus years, the things you were doing in the beginning are no longer working. And if you've never actually sat down and talked about it, then you probably don't have a plan, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, you're just flying by the seat of your pants. Mm -hmm. But I can also understand that it's going to be a very, very hard conversation Mm -hmm. to have because one, it might potentially get confrontational. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And two, it's something that you're very passionate about that you have been I guess for the folks that have been doing it for long enough, they don't know anything else. And for the folks that are just fresh into it, they don't want to do anything else Mm -hmm. because they're chasing that high.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I mean, I don't know. I'm building a relationship training right now to handle some of this. And part of it is recognizing that this is both tense this could be a tense hard conversation and it's a
0: conversation you probably don't want to approach in the first place because it's going to be hard Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it's going to be hard so you avoid it which the situation may be you've avoided it for several several seasons at this point Mm -hmm. right maybe you've got more kids than you did last time you had any really serious conversations about it and you keep avoiding it because it's hard but the the it's not like it's just going to magically get better we've got to talk about it no so that's when I do the training, that's kind of what I have in my mind is how do I take something really big and difficult and put some steps in it to at least give some guidelines.
0: Yeah. Make it digestible for both parties.
1: Yeah. I haven't done that training yet. It's still stewing, still stewing, <laughs> but that'll be part of the goal because it, 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 it's hard. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if we go to this next thing we really noticed was, which is this idea of the competition with the work. And then like going back to that idea of the invasion of the calls and texts, like the way you have successful big conversations is you protect your friendship. Mm-hmm. If you know for a fact that fire is going to fight against your like marriage friendship for seven months, you have to get super intense about figuring out how to protect it. And the reason I call it friendship is romance is great, but romance isn't what's going to get you through these hard conversations. You have to remain friends and um, enjoy each other's company. Yeah. And so that has to be really protected.
0: How do we do that, though? That's the big question.
1: I know. You know what? I was thinking about this today. I think the answer is uno.
0: (laughs) At least you didn't say Monopoly because there's definitely no No, friends in Monopoly. (laughs) No, Monopoly is a
1: no-go. Do not... Draw 25. Clinically forbid you from playing Monopoly. No, (laughs) the answer is uno or something similar so here's what i found hmm. even when i was a consultant i actually used games um i use games to like hire and stuff like that because i can sit here and have a conversation with you and you can yeah. give me all your fluffy like interview responses or we can play a game of so when i was a consultant we used to as play. long as it's not squid game no <laughs> you know what you want to figure something out <laughs> Red God, a,
0: green eye. oh that's so brutal oh i haven't watched the whole it's thing. so good yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, no, but we, so as a consultant, we used to watch, or we used to play Settlers at Catan. If you ever mm-hmm. played that? Yeah. Cause I had to see how people would negotiate and strategize. So you crack a couple beers and play a game, you learn a lot. And part of it is you're able to connect without it being so intense. Yeah. So if you have not really connected with your partner for weeks or months or years, let's not just like have a super intense dinner where we expect to just be super happy and relaxed. Let's play Uno or Slapjack or Rummy. Like play something because it helps you be together without it being so intense.
0: Hmm, It's really outside the box, but I get where you're going with this. Does
1: that make sense? As long as
0: it's not Monopoly.
1: No. Yeah. No Monopoly. No. Risk. (laughs) No. Nothing long. It has. The reason I say Uno, even though it's childish, is it doesn't take a lot of thought. True. So you're looking for something kind of middle line with... You can sit and play it. It's going to draw your attention, but you don't have to like strategize and think because you're both exhausted and frustrated. Mm -hmm. There should also be no negotiation, no stealing anything from each other. We're trying to build friendship right now. So, I mean, Uno is just classic. Hmm. Phase 10, you know, whatever it is, something simple.
0: Copy that. Mm -hmm. Might even try that with my wife. I'm not even in fire anymore, but...
1: It's, I mean, my husband and my thing to do when we go on a date is like not every date, but we love to try different beer and play rummy. Mm-hmm. And at some of the hardest points in like our parenting journey and stuff, when you get a moment, like, let's say you get two hours to go on a date and then you enter the whole like purgatory of like, well, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go?
0: Ooh, yeah.
1: Right. We didn't, we didn't have brain space for that. We're exhausted and stressed. So it was always drink beer and play rummy.
0: It's easy, simple, right?
1: right? Super simple. Yeah. Now we play cribbage too, depending on how math able I feel. <laughs> but yeah, it's, and I think so. The reason I bring up Uno is this idea that, you know, we we're talking before we started recording about how even if RR is extended to 70, 72,
0: that's better. Better. It's not the best, but yeah, it's better than what we had.
1: Mm-hmm. And I want during that 72, I want you to have some face to face time. Right. So it's really easy to come in and be side by side. Mm -hmm. So good, good partners where all of a sudden you're juggling the dishes and the laundry and right. The firefighter has to jump right back into a system that the spouse has very elaborately set up. Firefighter comes in and messes it up like that's happening for all y'all. It's okay. So if you feel bad that you almost resent when your firefighter comes home, it's not just you. Because the reality is, if you're solo parenting for seven months, you have a system set up. And having a partner in that system isn't...
0: Just kind of too many cooks in the kitchen at that point.
1: It just gets freaking tricky. Yeah. 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 That's okay. the clinical. It's freaking tricky. Um, So recognize that that's going to be happening. Recognize that there may be some tension around the logistics and how to manage the time together. I want you to have face-to-face time, but that may not be deep, long conversations. Mm-hmm. Right, You're too tired. The kids are too kid-like, right? Children make it hard. But if you can carve out an hour or two to go somewhere away from the kids and just play a card game or something, that will actually give you the face-to-face without the intensity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it'll help you maintain some friendship as you make it through the season.
0: I can see that being a good tool for combating the inevitability of compassion fatigue as well. And decision mm-hmm. fatigue too.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's why the decision fatigue is why like go to the same place. Like let's during season. And when we talk about like, the season's getting longer. You're gonna have to figure out what's your plan for the season. So during the season, always go to the same place, always play the same game. Like, let's not decide. Let's not make choices. Mm-hmm. Figure out the place that is most comfortable for you. Play a game together. Order the same damn food. I don't care. Like the whole goal is that you make it as simple and possible, simple and doable as possible, because then you actually do it.
0: Yeah, take the yeah decision making component out of it, and also make it fun, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you 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 start to um. You start to look forward to it because you know what you're looking forward to.
0: Yeah. It's right. almost a routine. You're building a routine in it too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not a, like a boring routine because it's going to be different to a con- to a degree every time, right? Mm-hmm. Different surroundings maybe as far as people go, but. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And routine is soothing.
0: It is. Yeah. It's comfortable.
1: Mm-hmm. It's And so we have to apply that to our relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, I'm not kidding when I say you know. There we go. Order it on Amazon now. Do it.
0: Yeah. It's like what? five bucks Yep, totally. <laughs> super so expect, cheap
1: right because that's the other thing is i don't want to be like sit here and be like okay you have to do this 10 step process to like and it involves like five days away at a luxury like that's not fair
0: like, yeah it seems it's just
1: yeah that's not Yeah, like, would that be helpful maybe you know it
0: might be five if you days
1: to... at a luxury spot It's good for all of us
0: yeah it seems a little contrived though yeah. You're trying too hard.
1: Yeah, exactly. Play some Uno, drink a beer, yeah. laugh. Keep shit real. Yeah, make fun of each other. Like that, <laughs> like literally, like, you know, there's something about Uno when you get the like reverse card. You're like, oh, draw, gotcha. two, draw two, fucker. Like, <laughs> you know, that's romance.
0: <laughs> I'd highly suggest drawing out the high draw cards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Totally. I don't know. You have any thoughts on that?
0: You know, keeping a relationship, um, alive and well when you're a wildland firefighter especially in like especially if you move up the chain and you have busy seasons if you're in a busy area Mm -hmm. high call volume and you're moving up the the chain of command i think it becomes harder and harder and harder to do each year each season after season right yeah as far as my decisions to get out i think that's one of the reasons why i got out of fire and i'm not saying that hey you should just leave fire because i'd I miss it every day you're you're trust me you're to some degree you're gonna fucking regret it if you mm-hmm. get out of it yeah but keeping that relationship alive and well and finding those things even if it's yeah. seemingly dumb like playing uno that's the shit that keeps relationships alive 100 mm-hmm. yeah.
1: you need to have fun together like mm-hmm. a relationship without fun will slowly shrivel and die
0: oh yeah so I don't advocate this to anybody because it's probably a bad use of finances, but my wife and I, we go to the GSR and gamble every once in a while. Yeah. We'll get, save up a hundred bucks each and we'll go play table games. Mm-hmm. We go and play pretty much the same game every time. Yep. Which is uh, Texas Hold'em. Okay. And Perfect. And we just go there and yeah. dump kiddo off at grandma's house and yeah. have a date night. Mm-hmm. It's low key.
1: And that's a good, like, it seems irresponsible, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get funny looks from clients because I'm like, okay, here's what I want you to do next week. And then I'll tell them something fairly irresponsible. Like, I want you to go gamble with your wife at the GSR. Yeah. And they're like, I'm sorry, where did you go to school? Like, do you actually have a license? Do you have a degree? Yeah. They look at me kind of weird. And the reason is we, as we become adults and especially as we become parents, we stop doing the fun stuff. Mm -hmm. And the fun stuff actually keeps us healthy and well. And so, yeah, go, you know, go blow some money at the Texas Hold'em table. Yeah. Go like, And you need to know your limits, right? For some people, obviously, their spouses are currently like, no, don't do it. Like if it's a problem for you, then that's where it's not helpful. But if you are very, very responsible all the time, that's not good. No. To make sure we have a little bit of fun.
0: No. There's something about, you know, doing shit that you're not supposed to be doing, Mm -hmm. especially as a couple. Mm -hmm. It keeps things interesting and alive.
1: Yeah. And especially when you get a sitter and you put money into it. That's so that's the other thing about this idea of go play Uno one, I don't want you to have to decide, but I want you, you need to get a sitter. Like you need to leave the kids. Mm-hmm. The children need you and your partner to be friends and happy. So you got to prioritize it. It oh, yeah. feels irresponsible. Like if you're only home for 48 and you're like, well, I haven't seen my kids. I shouldn't leave them. Sorry. I think you should. Just for. I'm a couple pretty
0: hours. sure you can sneak away for four or five hours and mm-hmm. you'll be fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Even if you
0: be fine. do it at night too. I mean, the kids are going to go down anyways, right? Yep. They're going to go to sleep yep. by the time you come home. Babysitter's going to be here manning the fort. Yep. Do it. Just do it. Do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which, okay, so then let's go down to this next one, which is the idea of isolation. Mm -hmm. You have to have a sitter, right? You have to have someone that you know and trust. Mm -hmm. And I think it gets really easy to to blow it off because it's too hard, right? So if you don't have family around or you don't have people you trust to watch your kids, that's a hard bridge to cross to not have a sitter. And when life is already super hard in general, I completely understand you're like, I just don't have anyone watch the kids. So I'm not going to get a sitter. This is a problem. This is one of those like tipping point problems that you have to solve. If you don't have access to a support system, this, this fire life is going to eat you up. And so putting some energy into making sure you have the support, like a sitter, like friendships. Um, If your friends make you feel worse, rather than better. That's something to
0: address. I don't necessarily want that. Why would you want to hang out with shitty company? I'd I'd be doing some real, real hardcore self-reflection.
1: You would. But so this is the thing about fire though, is I think if you express to your friends, like I'm just really lonely and I'm just tired of being a single parent and they say, why doesn't you just quit? Like that's that's
0: not the solution. Yeah. That's reactionary and fucking stupid.
1: And I think that's somewhat common because if somebody is outside of fire it seems pretty simple. Yeah. And so if you feel kind of that judgy, like people don't understand you, I get that. And it may be okay to distance yourself from the judges, but we got to make sure we find someone who understands, right? And that may be seeking out some of the other fire families that work with your firefighter.
0: Oh yeah. That's another thing too, is, you know, speaking, going back to the babysitter thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you would trust every firefighter out there, but see if one of your fire bros or... Are- Fire rowettes <laughs> if you will. Uh, will babysit your kid. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're uh, you know, like I don't know, Firefighter one or something like that, a squatty or something like that. If you have mm-hmm. someone that you trust on the crew, I mean, you do it for them, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or arrange trades.
0: Arrange trades. That's a great one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Figure out trades. Like I'll give you four hours in the morning if you'll take four hours in the afternoon. These are the things we have to do in order to keep our marriages healthy and safe.
0: Oh, yeah. And your own sanity, too. But mm-hmm. I mean, I can understand that being in a remote and isolated portion of
2: mm-hmm.
0: an area of a state or a town or whatever, you don't have access, like we were saying earlier. Right. We don't have access to these these things. Right. Now, you can have it both ways to where I don't know, maybe you go to the water park for a day with your kids and your wife and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Something you could do maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just go, you know, go down by the river and and just hang out and
0: relax. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But even I, I want to catch that I just said it. I know I just said the word just, just go do it. And
0: that's it's harder than that. I want to
1: take that back because it's way harder. So I'm sorry that I said, just go do it because I recognize it's hard and I really need you to do it. I need you to put some of the energy into that because it helps. It makes a massive difference
0: learning a new skill together too, I think would be a good one Mm
1: -hmm. during the off season
0: during the off season. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like taking, I mean the, one of the side benefits of COVID is there's all this new stuff that you can do online. Right. So take Mm -hmm. an online cooking class or going back to that idea of not being completely consumed by responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like that. The responsibilities build and build and build and build the farther you get into this career. And there's Mm -hmm. that whole decision and compassion fatigue. just, Mm -hmm can't fill an overfilling cup yeah any yeah any more than it's already full if that makes any sense yeah you
1: can't pour from an empty cup is that you can't what I mean?
0: pour from an empty cup and we got lost in the metaphor folks. how about how about this how about <laughs> two ways let's go to two ways right so you can't pour from an empty cup yeah and you can only fill a cup up so much before it starts overflowing and you're losing everything
1: okay okay i see where you're at there yeah okay
0: Whew. That was tough. I had like muck mouth there for a second.
2: Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> had a stroke or an aneurysm or something. All right. Oh so gosh. what else we got?
1: You know, it just occurred to me. I almost wonder if I quickly sum up the difficulties of this life to help you. If you're stuck in the middle of it and you know, you need to explain to your neighbor why you need support, but you can't put it into words. What if I just do that really quick? Do you think that'd yeah, be helpful? Send it. Um, Okay. Cause I know sometimes it's hard to explain the struggle. So I'm just going to give you a little script to start with. So the reality is you are married to someone who does a job they love. That is also really important because the fire seasons are getting bigger and longer and more destructive. So you support their work. You really want them to be able to do this work, but it's super costly for you. The result of them doing the work means that you're home, probably solo parenting for at this point, more than half of the year. You have to handle all of the logistics, all of the dentist visits, all the sick days where you have to go get the kiddos from school. All that stuff is falling on you and you are feeling a little bit overwhelmed, which is made worse by the fact that you're actually pretty consistently worried about your firefighters safety. You're pretty worried about their mental health and the stress and anxiety of that is making it hard for you to rest and relax, um, which means you're just getting tighter and tighter and tenser, maybe snappier with the kids. Uh, maybe you're having trouble sleeping, maybe you're drinking too much wine, all this stuff is adding up for you. And it would be super helpful if you had a couple of different things. One would be maybe some logistical help. So someone who could go pick up the kids from school every now and then. It would also be helpful if you just had more time to yourself. So someone can watch the kids for you. And I know that not everyone who's listening is going to be the parent at home with kids. But I think that once kids are in in play, things get really hard. So that's why I'm doing this for now. Um, so you need someone who's willing to watch the kids consistently on a weekly basis for a couple of hours. And if you would be willing to help me out, that'd be super helpful. Like that's the kind of thing you need to say to your neighbors, your, your friends, your family, whoever it is that may be able to help. Um, do not be apologetic for it. Like this is not something shameful you're asking for. This is reasonable.
0: No, it's a normal thing Mm -hmm. everybody has problems Mm or everybody has like things that they need help with
1: yeah and the isolation you feel i think is really silencing so i don't know if that was helpful but sometimes it just helps to have someone else give us words
0: oh absolutely what about for the the firefighter on the side of that so that was more geared towards the partner
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what about the firefighter
1: Mm mm-hmm Like give them a script.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you have a potential script for them as well? Because this is a two way street. It takes Mm -hmm. two to tango. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Like how would they ask for support for their spouse who's at home? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think, I mean, one of the things that would be so helpful in the preseason stage is go find these supports for your spouse and your partner and go say like, look, I know you might not agree. So this is, let's imagine you're talking to a, a judgy sibling or a mother-in-law or something like that, who does say that whole, like, I don't know why you don't just quit this job. You can say, I know you don't agree with my job. I know you don't understand it. Um, I can't fix that. I'm not going to quit. I'm still going to do this work because I really love it and it's really important to my community. But could you please really support my spouse while they're home, I would love if they would have some consistent help with maybe kid pickup on Mondays and Wednesdays, like make it specific, I think is one of the things that can be really helpful. So if you're the firefighter, you're stressed because, you know, you're leaving a burden on your family at home. Think about some specific stuff and ask on their behalf. Is that what you meant? Yeah, that's good. If it wasn't what you meant, tell me.
0: And I no, that's no. That's what I meant is like asking <laughs> firefighters are notoriously stubborn. Mm hmm wait what what that's weird oh my gosh oh my god are we identifying something new and groundbreaking Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but we are um we're almost to the point of egregiousness that we're we're stubborn Mm -hmm. right and i think our reluctance to ask for help because we're so used to doing shit for ourselves is one of our biggest pitfalls Mm -hmm. Yeah. so and you
1: can't do that for seven months no like you just can't you may have been able to to pull that off for three you cannot do that for seven months oh, yeah
0: you'll hit a wall mm-hmm. somewhere in there yeah yeah and yeah you need to find the courage or the gumption whatever the hell you want to call it mm-hmm. to ask for help
1: yeah yeah and that pre-asking right don't cross your fingers and hope that this isn't going to be a bad season like ask ahead of time if the season turns out to be super light okay cool cool but but pre-plan and i think it would maybe serve a lot of the spouses who are at home if you, as the firefighter, arrange the babysitter, right? Because they're carrying all the logistics. And I know you might be like, you want me to what from the side of a mountain? Yeah. (laughs) Give it a shot. You know, it would, if we talk about that friendship and that partnership, it would probably go a long way.
0: Oh yeah. That's a big ask, like a big act of service, Mm -hmm. if you will.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And you're communicating. I want to hang out with you. Yeah. So I'm going to make it happen.
0: There's a lot of intention behind that, too. There's a lot of intent behind that. If you're stuck in the middle of freaking nowhere, Mm -hmm. you know, you're timing out in three days. Call around. Mm -hmm. Hey, can you babysit for four hours on Saturday night or Tuesday night or whatever it is? Yep. Yep. Make it happen.
1: Or can you imagine? I mean, spouses would be passing out left and right if the crew came back in with a schedule of trades. Like, (laughs) look, kids are going here then, here then. Like. That would be amazing.
0: That would be pretty, so, pretty legit.
1: As you're sitting around shooting the shit, maybe make a babysitting trade plan. There you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Two-way street though. That's, that's for sure. It's got to work both ways. And I think those little things go, it's, it's always the little things.
1: Mm-hmm. Huge. Cause it's the intent. If we go back to this idea that there's not a lot of trust that the agency will take care of us. A lot of it is these little things, right? These little communications of value and trust. Mm-hmm. And things like saying, hey, I've gotten a sitter because I would really love to sit and play a romantic game of Uno with you. <laughs> telling you. S- spicy.
0: Yeah. So spicy. <laughs> I mean, this is like the channel that's uh not or the, the program that's not on a particular channel until like three in the morning. Kind of spicy, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So what else do we got? What other tools do we have for the uh, the spouses before we start rolling into the uh, the single folks?
1: Yeah, I think actually let's roll into single folks because okay. no matter what the tools we have for like anxiety and sleep and stuff like that are the same.
0: Yeah, they're going to be universal, whatever. right?
1: Yeah. There's a lot less like child care needs. But yeah. Yeah. And let's just actually take a moment of respect for anyone who is trying to manage connecting with kids and being single. Let me rephrase that. There, I know there are probably wildland firefighters out there who are single with children. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine there's a lot because it's really, really hard. But if you're pulling that off, my guess is you feel a lot of competing emotions all the time. Oh, yeah. That's got to be really, really hard.
0: Yeah. If you're a single parent in fire, it's, you deserve like the Nobel Peace Prize.
1: Yeah. I don't know how you would pull it off. And yet I feel like you're probably out there with kiddos, maybe staying at grandma's, stuff like that.
0: Probably a lot more than we mm-hmm. give credit to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I want to make sure we carve out a little moment of space for you in this.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. With well, that being said, let's move on to the single folks and talk about some tools that we could put in the toolbox mm-hmm. to ease that glide path and not just go careening into the ground.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. because <laughs> Do you want to say what you said before we started recording on here? This like stress is really high. So you resort to coping
0: skills, <laughs> coping skills, especially the young uh, men, and women too. Uh, you, yeah when you go from 120 (laughs) miles an hour uh this is going to be very off color but it's kind of there's some truth in it
1: it's true that's why i'm like let's say
0: it so i'm gonna say it a lot of you younger men and women out there when the season comes to a grinding halt about this time of year Mm -hmm. i know what you do because i was there (laughs) i was there myself you go out you drink you fuck you fight and you go home and you sleep until the crack of noon and play video games and you don't give a shit. Then you go do it again. And then you might PT. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll take a break from PT and probably, and then, you know, ramp it up in January preseason. Right. Mm-hmm. But you'll shovel off all those responsibilities, go yep. drinking and fucking and fighting,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know? Yep. Don't do that.
1: Don't do that. Don't I'll do tell that. you why. Like, is it fun? Sure. But the issue with coming off the season, and this is for everybody, for the singles and the knots, I want you to think of yourself as just operating a a really high central nervous system level. You are just escalated. And the issue with going out and seeking continued adrenaline hits is you never come down. Mm -hmm. And at some point your body needs to rest. You need to come down. So, I mean, yeah, go out and have fun. I mean, be responsible, you know, but you don't want to perpetuate this high level of just your system constantly seeking that adrenaline and those other stress hormones because you're never going to recover mm-hmm. on a physical and mental level. So how about I give you some other things to do? How about you find a nice looking man or woman and play Uno? Just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so back to the drinking, yeah, uh, all the other stuff.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm no. single. Do you ever play Uno? <laughs> yeah. See if that line works. No, Uno's for the old married folks. but. I do actually want you to think about this idea of seeking connection through friendship versus seeking connection through one night stands. Yeah. Because I think what happens is you're super disconnected from everybody. You've been gone for six months. You're a stranger. So it's a lot easier to roll into a bar and look for connection through a one night stand. But that's false. Yeah. Just like the hit of adrenaline you're going to get from being in a fight isn't actually helping your body. That connection isn't real. So we want to seek actual friendship level connection. Um, this may mean wading into the discomfort of conversation with the normies. Is that what you called them? Yeah, normies. Yeah. It's weird, right? It is awkward. This is for everybody. I hear it consistently that coming off of the fire line and figuring out how to talk to normies is super awkward. Therefore, you are likely to avoid it but avoiding it makes it worse.
0: Yeah. It just kind of compounds those issues. Mm -hmm.
1: So I don't, you don't have to do a normie conversation like two days out of being laid off, like give yourself a little time to come down, but keep in mind that one of the goals you have for the off season is being more comfortable with talking to non wildland people because you have to maintain some sort of connection to normal human beings.
0: Absolutely. One thing that I kind of entertained, um, with the whole drinking fucking fighting thing and not coming down from that adrenaline state that high cns uh, central nervous system state Mm -hmm. is i have reason to believe that fire is addictive Mm -hmm. with the adrenaline because adrenaline is Mm -hmm. we're all adrenaline junkies it is addictive it's an addictive substance Mm -hmm. we seek it out i wonder if we're trying to fill that void of coming off the season and having those you know intense moments, constantly, consistently, those mm-hmm. hits of adrenaline throughout the season. If we're trying to seek that in other means, we're just chasing a high mm-hmm. and trying to fill that void with something else.
1: I, 1000%. I don't have a study on that. I can't say for sure,
0: but yeah. Looks yeah. like a duck.
1: Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to, we need to go midpoint, right? Cause we need to honor, we're not going to go cold turkey on your adrenaline
2: because
1: mm-hmm. that's not going to help anything. So what you need to do is you need to seek out the hormonal hit in ways that are a little bit healthier. Right. So exercise is just, and I get it. Like you come off the line and you're just exhausted and wrecked, but I want you to think about the fact that exercise will give you that hit. I also want you to think about like high sensory impact type of, um, activities. So going to the batting cages, playing basketball with friends, anything that has like rhythm and impact high levels of noise is super helpful. We talked about this before
0: fires, fires noisy Like going to concerts. And Mm -hmm. yeah,
1: what you do is you feed your system some hits that aren't getting drunk and fighting. Um, That's going to help you come down a little bit and um, do so in a way that is actually more healing and soothing to your
2: system.
0: Okay. Another thing too, is uh, I've actually kind of found this to be my new high chasing, I guess you can say, Mm -hmm. but it's also, it's repetitive. It's, very repetitive motions, Mm -hmm. rhythmic motions. Mm -hmm. It's out in nature. But when you go fly fishing and you land a Mm -hmm. a fish, holy fucking man, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And that is one of those great things that I've found personally that I enjoy. And it's kind of similar to that thrill seeking of doing an IA. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, because there's no comparison there, but landing a a big ass rainbow or brook trout
1: There's a little, there's some chase to it though.
0: Yeah. Right. Which is kind of the
1: same. If you're out chasing, chasing folks at the bar when you're in the off season, there's, there's a game to it. Oh yeah. So that is fun Mm -hmm. and it's okay to acknowledge that's fun. It's just not long-term helpful fun.
0: No. And I, I do think, uh, from my point of view, at least I think there is some value in, you know, having those risky behaviors Mm -hmm. and chasing those things occasionally. Yeah. Um, granted my life's changed now and I don't do that stuff anymore, but I'm as a much younger man. I mean, yeah, I think there's some value in those one night stands or getting drunk with your friends. Yep. I think there is, but making it a habit. Yeah. That's the problem.
1: I want you to think in terms of like, what do I want to be doing 30 days from now? Like, is this my way that I'm coming down to a lifestyle that feels healthier Mm -hmm. for me in 30 days? Cool, go for it. But if I've been out drunk drinking or fighting and chasing tail for five nights in a row
0: it's a little aggressive what's
1: that going to look like 30 days from now it's not going to look pretty
0: what does it take to develop a habit like that two three days to where you start chasing it i have no idea if you're to do a consistency i mean
1: i mean the the old rule isn't it like 21 days for a good habit
0: something like that i'm sure there's been books written on it yeah but-
1: But that's if you're like doing something that's not giving you an adrenaline
0: hit. Exactly. But now if if you're getting those highs, those hits, mm -hmm. it's going to become addictive real, real damn quick.
1: Well, and when you don't have it, you're going to feel shitty. So that's, that's the part is at some point we have to acknowledge you're going to feel shitty. That means you're doing it right. Which doesn't mean like, Hey, I'm a really mean therapist and I want you to feel shitty, but we've got to get through it, right? That whole embrace the suck thing.
0: Yeah, it's a dose of reality. Mm
1: -hmm. Coming down and taking care of your system means you need to let yourself feel the ugh, Mm -hmm. right? And I won't go into it now because I don't feel like we have time to really cover it, but that training I'll put up is like, how do we take a second and really look at the parts of this season that were fucking hard and acknowledge we feel ugh? And if you're just... Trying to avoid it by chasing the next high. You never actually process that yeah. emotion.
0: You're just pushing it off for later. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You just shove it down. It gets moldy and festery. Ugh.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, This the single life. I mean, I remember it and it was fun. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But there was a lot of dumb, shitty, stupid things that I've done.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I, I want to say that it was one, chasing that high and also not, uh, uh, I was an avoidion, avo- avoiding, thing, an avoidance thing too, mm-hmm. where I wasn't like trying to deal with the shit that I was had to deal with mm-hmm. from the seasons.
1: Yeah. Well, cause you, especially you're young, you're interested in having fun.
0: 10 foot tall and bullet, bulletproof as well.
1: Oh yeah, totally. Of course. Yeah. But you're carrying <laughs> grief of like, you just feel sad about some of what you saw, but you're, you're going to run like hell from that. Right. But the reality is you have to let yourself feel the sad because it's real.
0: Yeah. There's that embrace the suck, a little dose of reality. Mm -hmm. It's uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but you're going to be a lot more developed as a human Mm -hmm. and probably a lot healthier if you can actually confront those issues. Yeah. yeah.
1: You won't turn into as um,
0: grumpy of an old
1: man or woman.
0: Oh, yeah. You know how people get salty. There's that term salty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. These are the tools that prevent you from turning into a salty asshole.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, exactly. So seek out the good hits of like that sensory endorphin input. Prioritize your sleep, even if you can't. So this is sleep's another thing, right? You can't sleep. Maybe you're having nightmares. So then you avoid sleep until you're exhausted Mm -hmm. and then you get poor sleep, like really figuring out your sleep patterns, really figuring out your nutrition. These are things that have to happen as you kind of. And I want you to think about it as an off ramp, right? We're not flying right off the side of the freeway. We're ramping down a little bit.
0: Yeah. There's going to be a stop at the bottom of that hill. Mm-hmm. Well, at least level ground to cruise on.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you need to ramp your system down.
0: Copy that. What else we got for the single folks out there in the upcoming hard part of the year?
1: Hmm. I think putting yourself. So if you are not full time, if you're seasonal and you're laid off, do not just sit your ass on your couch. You have to have some sort of structure and schedule. So coming out of any, so wildland is tricky because it's like mass chaos, Mm -hmm. but it's not. It's structured chaos.
0: It is structured chaos.
1: And people are telling you what to do, where to go. And I think that's one of the things that's super hard when you come home. If you don't have a partner or a family that's kind of getting your butt moving in the morning, it gets really easy to just kind of, I don't know if the word wallow is right, but you just kind of sink in. Mm -hmm. That's where we get into. Stagnate. Yeah, ooh, I like stagnate. It's good. Excuse me, think you just get like stinky <laughs> and water.
0: gross on the
1: couch. <laughs> don't do that. It's gross. Shower. Please shower. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. What was I just gonna say before I got really stuck in
0: stagnate? <laughs> uh, where were we at? I don't know. There's my ADHD talking. Yeah,
1: stagnate really threw me off.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Don't sit on the couch and stagnate. And just sit there and wallow. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about.
1: It's so, oh yeah, that's what I was going to say is I, there's this, this fine line, right? Cause I'm telling you, you have to feel the feels and let the sadness be there. That doesn't mean we seek depression,
0: right? Those are different things. And if you totally different concepts though, mm-hmm. I mean, one you're confronting and dealing with and the other one, you're just stagnating that or it's uncontrolled. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're creating an environment in which you. Almost like build depressive moments. And so you need to have a schedule, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to get up at 6 30 in the morning, but get up at a consistent time. Have some consistency around meals, have some consistency around exercise and what you do. Um, those things are silly, right? Just like Uno. Yeah. Giving yourself a bedtime feels silly and stupid, but it has a massive impact on our mental well being.
0: I think it's the routine too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jocko says it all the time freedom from routine. Mm-hmm. or freedom with routine or freedom through discipline. That's what he says all the time. Okay. I mean, that discipline thing too, and having that routine, if shit's consistent, you know what to expect.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: is deeply soothing when we have some sense of consistency. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard, right? You're not going to want to make yourself get out of bed. You're not going to make, want to make dinner versus go through the drive through. But the the impact of it, just like seeking a sitter for the family that has small kids, the impact of that sitter or the impact of getting up and making yourself a decent meal is huge. Oh
0: yeah. Nutrition too. I think that's a huge thing that we often overlook as well because that impacts your sleep, that impacts mm-hmm. your overall well-being, your recovery, mm-hmm. the nutrition thing. I mean, we've been going hard, yep, typically for throughout the entire damn season,
2: mm-hmm.
0: eating gas station food and fucking MREs
1: yeah yeah you all need some kale you know (laughs) I know I always go back to kale but I like literally you need leafy greens your system is like please I need to scrub out my colon that's leafy greens
0: all Mm. right there's probably a lot of MREs and those things don't expire for like Mm -hmm. 100 years so you gotta scrub that shit out literally (laughs) (laughs) well maybe not literally don't don't do anything dangerous but yeah (laughs) nutrition has a huge cornerstone in both the physical and mental Mm -hmm. component of our lives right yep take care of yourself relish in the fact that you have the ability to go to a goddamn grocery store Mm -hmm. that is that is that's a treat now Mm -hmm. right you can enjoy that yeah so take advantage of it
1: take advantage of it and if it feels overwhelming that's okay you're normal Mm -hmm. i think there's this like i want to do this like go do it you know i want to tell people get out there and go do it and be like kind to yourself yeah. if a grocery store is overwhelming because it's just been such a rough season okay that's totally fine you still have to go do it
0: well this is like a recurring theme too is like um you have you ever seen the movie uh, hurt locker mm-hmm. you know he's with his kids mm-hmm. and he's going to the grocery store and he's got two boxes of cereal in his hands and he's just like what the fuck am I doing? I'm looking at two boxes of cereal and as kids, just being a terrorist in the mm-hmm. background. Right. I, I can understand what that is supposed to mean. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, we aren't military, but we're probably closest thing as far as a tactical athlete goes to a person who's downrange. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a perfect analog for that. Um, but I think that, what I'm getting at here is all these decisions, like going to the grocery store, have been made for you. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to eat. You know you're going to go through chow line and or have an MRE. You, the, the the menial decision, everyday decision making of life, is taken away in those six, seven, eight months mm-hmm. during fire season, for the most part, right? Which kind of plays into the decision fatigue. How do we address that? One, I
1: think acknowledging it Mm -hmm. so the first thing is being like this is hard and i think as much as possible remove i'm just gonna make an assumption that you feel overwhelmed by the grocery store and then you beat yourself up for it Mm -hmm. right so if you have come off of a rough season you walk into safeway and you're like holy shit i can't do this and you're like what's wrong with you it's just a grocery store and you're like getting angry at yourself that's only going to compound the problem yeah so when I say be kind to yourself, it's if you walk into the grocery store, it feels really overwhelming. Just be like, okay, this is overwhelming. That's okay. Take a deep breath. Try not to go down that shame spiral. Shame spiral doesn't help anyone with anything. Okay. So if your, if your internal voice is like telling you you're big fat baby or whatever words you use for it, that's not helping you. No. Okay.
0: I think that's another thing too, is like be compassionate. I mean, we always talk about compassion fatigue and being compassionate and all this other stuff revolving around compassion. But I think the thing that we tend to lack is compassion for ourselves. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah. It's really hard to be, this is going to sound lame, but like gentle with ourselves. Like especially I think wildland and all the clients I work with, this just like,
0: get in there and get it done. Yeah. This is not a space for We're problem solvers, right? Yeah. Yeah. You get shit done.
1: Yeah. You got to be tough. But then what that turns into is there are moments we, we just need to be A little bit more chill. And the reality is if the grocery store or being social feels overwhelming, be a little bit gentler about that. And don't shame yourself or like one so don't avoid it, but also don't like go hard at it and like, you know, like get out. You can do this. Like, don't do that. Yeah. Find some middle ground.
0: Okay. What else we got for tools in the toolbox to throw a different size wrench in there?
1: Um I think I want to go back. See, this is where I freak out if I don't have a bulleted list. I forget what I said. <laughs> Just
0: off the cuff. Got to go for it.
1: I know. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is making me sweat. Um, <laughs> I want to go back to that idea of schedule. It may seem really stupid mm-hmm. to actually open a calendar and write grocery store on Tuesday. That may feel kind of childish or like, what? I. But the reality is we will do what we commit or we will... Follow through on things that we're specific about. And what you may need to do is if you are laid off and you're not doing any other job, you don't have any other commitments, that's too much open time. That's too much um, freedom. And so using tools like a calendar and saying exactly what you're going to do on the days may feel silly and unnecessary. It may make you mad because you're like, this is my off season. Why would I? You know, yeah. like my son was just on fall break and I was like, so what are you going to do? And he just looked at me like, it's fall break, nothing mom and I'm like yeah that's how we end up I wonder where he gets that attitude from I don't know it's weird I don't really know probably my husband um (laughs) right but that idea that like you feel like you're in off season you shouldn't have to do anything yeah but that's a quick road to feeling really anxious or depressed so I think the idea of being specific with yourself and this may be where you want to connect with your crew too, make sure that you know if you have someone else that you know is single you know you're both prone to to stagnating on the couch and playing video games and drinking Mountain Dew or whatever it is you're drinking. Um, maybe be like, okay, let's not do that again. That didn't go well last year mm-hmm. and work together to come up with a plan. It's going to seem really lame, right? Like, hey, do you want to come up with our plan to not stagnate?
0: No, I think that's a lot of value. And I think if we were uh, not so, I guess, predisposed to not talking about the subject, and we we're actually mm-hmm. to make that plan and stop pretending like we're the biggest baddest mm-hmm. motherfuckers in the room.
1: Yeah, admit and you this, need help.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing too. Just be preventative about it, right? And mm-hmm. this is men and women. I mean, men are worse at it. I'll say that one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know myself. Anyways. Make a plan, pre-plan for this stuff. I mean, you pre-plan a fire assignment, right? You pre- mm-hmm. pre-plan your IAP. That's your pre-plan for the day, right?
1: Everything else is planned. Yeah. yeah. You pay a lot more attention to your pack and your equipment than you do to your mental health and well-being.
0: Oh, 100%.
1: And that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. It's not
0: good. I forget who was mentioning this, but um, there's this thing called a GAR. It's a uh, risk assessment tool that aviation uh, assets use. Okay. And it's basically color coding like... Where you are as Mm -hmm. far as fatigue, mental health, capabilities, Mm -hmm. uh, all these little things that are compounding factors. I mean, shit, I mean, if you want to adapt that into your personal life, Mm -hmm. shit, do that. I mean, it's still a piece of routine, right? It's still a, one of those tools that you're writing something down in and manifesting something, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of people that don't write things down. Yeah. Kind of gives themselves too much freedom, like you're saying.
1: Yeah. And actually, as you say that, enough I'll rope go, to hang I'll themselves put, with. How about that? What if I go put an assessment on my site too? I have one on there, mm-hmm. more for uh first responders and like healthcare, the people I work with. In addition to all your wildland folks, um maybe I'll go do a like transition into the off season assessment too to help. Like, how do you, how are you doing? Yeah, we don't always know. So maybe I'll put a little mental health gar. Like a little site.
0: self-assessment tool, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, I think that. it's good because once you identify the issues, and you're also writing things down and making a plan, it's mm-hmm. same concept as a calendar, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, you're manifesting. You're trying to. you like, okay, now I have this thing.
1: Mm-hmm. You're treating it as something real. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like having a budget, right? Yeah. If you don't operate with a budget and you just kind of hold on till the end of pay period, does that work? Maybe. Hopefully you're not swiping at the grocery store and getting that look. Mm. Oh, talk about moments that make me sweat. Oh, it's <laughs> it's been there. Yeah, it's happened, right? If you have a budget, then you can manage your money and you're doing better at the end. Mm-hmm. Same thing with our mental health. We got to we got to pay attention.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a, a, a budget, if you will, when it comes to mental health, you okay. know? Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And I think the last thing I would say about that is... If this feels totally overwhelming, like if somebody doesn't know what to do or the seasons have piled on so much that you're so exhausted or you and your you and your spouse are just dangling by a thread, please get help. Mm -hmm. Right. So I know that clinicians are kind of seen with a suspicious eye.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that and I think the culture of our community is very xenophobic. We don't trust people Mm -hmm. besides our crew and maybe the ones that are very close to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A handful of friends and maybe our significant other.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, you get very, going back to that isolated space, right? Yeah. But the issue is, sometimes we need help. I have a, I have
0: a therapist. Yes, did you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? The therapist has a therapist. Yeah,
1: most therapists do. They should. If you're that seeing a therapist and then yeah. they're like, I don't have a therapist, be like, cool. See Red ya.
0: flag, bringing it back to the single people out there. Red flags are attractive, don't chase them. <laughs> so, anyways... <laughs> being a smart ass
1: there's a lot of pointing at the camera that those of you with only audio are missing sorry um yeah get help like i need help unraveling my thoughts yeah that's what therapists do this like this i'm a little bit different as a clinician right so if you've gone to someone and it wasn't a good fit go find someone else right Mm -hmm. because not all clinicians are going to understand the wildland life also, not are all not every clinician's a good fit. Like I had to go through a couple therapists till I found a good love match. Right? Mm-hmm. It's okay if you don't really like someone on the first try. It's super frustrating and hard, but try again. Yeah. And um, the whole goal of a clinician or a coach is to help you just unravel it a little bit and make a plan.
0: Speaking of which, where can we find your practice?
1: I am stack of stones so the name of my practice is stack stones which is you guys more than most will appreciate this the idea of when you don't know where you're where you're at in the forest and you find the little cairn that sends you on your way that's what i named my practice after um and i am at stack of
0: perfect yeah so ladies and gentlemen with that being said definitely reach out mm-hmm and if uh, i mean you can only practice in nevada so
1: yeah i can only practice as a therapist in nevada mm-hmm. um what i've been doing with a lot of folks is operating in a coaching role which there's a lot of stuff i can do as a coach i can't get into like the deeper trauma work um if there's a lot of really deep grief and stuff going on i'm going to i'll pass that to a clinician in the state you live
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but one thing i've been doing a lot of is if you're just like i don't know i just feel I'm a little fucked up and i need help we'll do like a three session coaching um coaching package and what I'll do is I'll help you figure out what's going on so then when you do go to a clinician you're like hey I need to work through x y and z
0: so you accept clients and I'm assuming this is kind of like a telehealth kind of Mm -hmm. gig yeah with the coaching portion of it but Mm -hmm. as far as the uh, clinician side of things the professional context Mm -hmm. uh, well they're both professional but the Mm-hmm. degree you have Yeah,
1: I, <laughs> just, let me just pick a bone here i'm a coach and that was a certification that was like oh, yeah. a lot of tuition money so someone who says they're a coach from a groupon class it's not real they're full of shit that's that's one of my little things. yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> but with that being said i mean you are professionally trained and professionally educated in this mm-hmm. context right so for those folks that are out there that are looking to find the right person by all means reach out to mm-hmm. shannon here and I'm pretty sure if they live in another state and you happen to need somebody nearby, you've got a list of, we were talking about the list of culturally competent clinicians that you were building. Yeah. Like trying, an arsenal going.
1: I, well, I'm trying. Is If you're listening and you are a competent clinician in another state or in Nevada, um, I mean, I have a good collection here locally and i'm trying to build further out so that i do have people to refer to mm-hmm. if you if you understand what the word role means you know what role means or pulaski <laughs> right then let me know because i'd like to keep building that referral base copy that mm-hmm.
0: so yeah telehealth you can do it from the comfort of your own home mm-hmm. and uh or the car or the do car that's where i do, I, where I do mine mm-hmm. yeah literally what i do mine usually either before or after work but Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, actually, there we go. I have a therapist. <gasps> yes. Oh my God. Yes. Another we're looking one. at the camera again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's important. And, um, it's not like a sign of weakness or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It is just another tool in your toolbox to help better navigate life. Mm-hmm. It's like setting the declination on your compass. Mm-hmm. Cool. Exactly it's really no big deal, but everybody makes it out to be a big deal. And
1: it's not scary. It's not, it's it's a little awkward at first, but it's not, it's not scary.
0: Yeah. But once you develop a relationship with your clinician, it's. Yeah. Easy peasy. If you
1: come to my office, I have a dog just for that reason. Dogs are, dogs are easier.
0: (laughs) Have a puppy. Mm
1: -hmm. Here's (laughs) a dog.
0: (laughs) But yeah, I mean, uh, where I was getting to with that before we went down that rabbit hole is, yeah, seek out the help. And I know there's a lot of culturally competent clinicians out there. Mm -hmm. And if, shannon's not maybe not your favorite flavor you yeah. maybe not your flavor that's well, okay reach out to somebody mm-hmm.
2: yeah
0: yeah cool well anything else to add for the greater good anything profound no all right where can we that's find okay. you on the instagram again
1: um so i'm stack of stones on instagram but someone else has the actual stack of stones so i've got the little underscore before at, and after uh, it so at underscore, underscore stack of stones underscore
0: there we go it's like Mm -hmm. centered in between the two brackets there Mm -hmm. we go yeah all right well shannon thank you so much for coming on the show and uh for those folks that are listening use those tools yes please yeah and
1: thank you for the work you guys do it it really matters i know that the respect has been a little tricky this season so thank you
0: absolutely cool well ladies and gentlemen thank you very much we'll see you on the next one peace And boom, there we go, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the Anchor Point podcast is in the books with my good friend, Shannon Mead. So we talked briefly about a uh, a little training video that uh, she put together and some uh, like checklists and stuff like that. So we're going to put that stuff in the show notes. So be on the lookout for those links in the show notes and to view those. Basically, you just go into whatever podcast playing app you go to show listen notes and the links will be all right there. But, Shannon, thank you so much once again for coming on the show and uh, having some pretty good content. Uh, I think it's very important that we uh, talk about this stuff and normalize it. It's uh, hard enough to deal with all the traumas that we experience during the season, and uh, yeah, as long as we're taking care of ourselves and uh, making those steps to get into a proper headspace when we go into the, the slow season, it doesn't have to be, Suicide season. I'm using air quotes here. I hate that, but it's a real thing. We do uh, have an issue with that. We have a, a borderline crisis looming with our mental health condition in the Wild and Fire Service. And that doesn't matter if you're a contractor, state, uh, municipal, or fed. We're all dealing with it. So let's normalize it. Let's talk about it. And let's break that fucking stigma because it needs to get broken. With that being said, Hope everybody's doing well. Hope you guys enjoyed and girl. Hope you guys and girls enjoyed the episode. And uh yeah, let's uh make the effort to take care of each other. That being said, uh special shout out to our sponsors. We got Mystery Ranch. Makers of the finest, most comfortable, most well built Fireline packs, plus much, much more. Mystery Ranch built for the mission. Go check them out over at www.mysteryranch.com. And while you're at it, check out the backbone series. We also got Hotshot Brewery. Kick-Ass Coffee for a kick-ass cause, and if you wanna go uh, get some Anchor Point merch, well, go over there and uh, check out the T-A-P-P-S little tab, and you'll find all of the Anchor Point merch on their website as well. We've got The Ass Movement, the finest in poo-bearing propaganda in Alaska. Yeah, he's out of AK, it's awesome, and it's a nationwide effort, and if you wanna go check it out, go over to www.thefirewild.com and enter code Anchor Point Ass 10 or 10% off your entire order. And last but not least, we've got the Smoky Generation. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a digital storytelling platform for all of Wildland Fire across the globe now, and it's awesome. So you wanna win one of these $500 Smokey Generation grants, go over to www.wildfireexperience.org. It's awesome. Bethany, you have a kick-ass organization, keep it up. As for the rest of you, you all know the drill. Stay safe, stay savage, peace.